Hey, welcome to Cornerstone Ministries Young Adult Podcast. We hope this serves as a resource for you as you seek, find, and grow in your walk with Jesus. Tune in for sermon audios from our young adult services and other original content. If you already have a home church, we're glad this could be another tool for you. But if not, we hope that you would check us out online at cornerstonelive.net or join us in person. Cornerstone is in Murraysville, PA, and services are Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11. Our young adult ministry gathers every other Tuesday at 7 p.m. We hope you walk away from each podcast feeling encouraged and motivated to live your life more like Jesus. So Scott, you are, you're my guinea pig. We, <laughs> because this is kind of a first um, for us, you know, in a little bit tonight, you're going to be talking with our young adult guys about, you know, starting this new series, Don't Get It Twisted, on Relationship Truths. And culture around, I mean, we're not even going to get into the craziness of gender identity, everything like that. But but I think in all of these voices around identity, sexuality, relationships, trying to strip away, drown out the noise, get to back to kind of a, a baseline of what is godly manhood, mm-hmm. who is God calling us to be as men, how that mm-hmm. fleshes out, all that stuff. And I thought, man, this would be a great place to start and have conversation. And you have been in student ministry over 20 years. Now you're working for a company that helps take takes corporate companies almost on, on one-day mission trips. So you're, you've had so much experience with young people. And now in a professional sector, seeing how men and women, but you're seeing how men at all walks of life operate in the business world and, hmm. and 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 then in those settings how they're serving together so you see that kind of male bravado come out in, sure. in different avenues and stuff like that so i'm just i'm i'm excited to have this to have this conversation with you <laughs> okay so, i'm yeah. i can't believe i get to do this so yeah thank you for the invite absolutely <laughs> um i'm kind of curious like as far as where i want to start and just asking you kind of around this I, were you raised in church? I was not. I was. You were. Yep. Um, I am fourth generation believer. Um, but the super fast version is that God inserted me into that family. Um, mm. I am adopted. Okay. And so, how, how old were you when you adopted? Uh, zero days. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the quick version is the uh, the Hell's Angels were passing through Niles, Ohio. My biological mom um, was young with two kids already and single. Um, She went down to the bar where the Hells Angels were hanging out. She smiled at one of them and um, she became pregnant. <laughs> is that that's how that works? Legit. That's, yep. that, yeah, that's all it took. Fellas, if you're listening, <laughs> and there's another. Be careful who you smile. <laughs> correct. Be careful. Um, and the incredible story is that at that point, God had his hand on my life. Mm. Um, so the my biological father, whom I've never met, um, got on his bike and rode away when he found out she was pregnant. Mm. And on the delivery table, she decided she didn't want to keep the baby. Um, the OB said, jokingly, well, any nurses here that want it? And a lady named Linda Yolinger um, said, yeah, we'll take it. One of the nurses. Yeah. Oh, my. Okay. My mom helped deliver me just in the, just <laughs> in that we're gonna we're, we need to sit down again i need the full i need the 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 nitty-gritty of that conversation okay 
So, so God's had his hand on me yeah. from the very beginning. Yep. Put me into a Christian home with an amazing heritage of faith. Mm. Um, I was raised in a Bible believing church. Student ministry was my life. Once I hit seventh grade, mm. um, wanted to be like my youth pastor. So I went to Bible college yeah. and, uh, the rest is history. Yeah, that, my goodness, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much to unpack there, but we might, we're going to have to save a lot of that for another time. Um, yeah, because I, I, so I wasn't raised in church. I got saved right before, um, I went to, right before I went to high school and, but you know, didn't fully dive into faith yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. But so I was actually originally wanted to be a high school math teacher, but then as I got to college, um, I felt like the Lord was, was calling me into full-time ministry played around with that idea for a couple of months but mm-hmm. then everything kind of fell together when i fully committed into that calling sure um and i was into student ministry but then while i was in seminary i felt like the lord was planting seeds of you know young adult ministry and some other things and so i never thought it would that i knew that the transition from student ministry into young adult ministry and discipleship just the stuff i'm doing now i knew that it would happen but i never expected it to happen so soon in my life I, you know, I was not planning. I, I, I don't know what that time frame looked like, but I felt like I had more time in student ministry, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So then the last year and a half making this transition um, from my previous church to Cornerstone, that's been just a really interesting, interesting dynamic. So, okay, but I feel like to, to kind of get back to <laughs> the topic that we want to sure. talk about, just in that, our, even at, where'd you go to school? Tacoa Falls College in Georgia, okay. little Bible college. Okay. See. Okay. So I went to Liberty. Okay. But even in you being raised in the church, me not being raised in the church, what'd your dad do? Uh, my dad ran an electrical warehouse for a subcontractor. Okay. Yeah. So he's so hands-on kind of you know, and my dad was corporate America. I okay. mean, he did you know, man, thirty plus years with uh, with Lockheed Martin, it, so. We might have some overlap in like our fathers and understanding manhood and masculinity. You know what? From, a little from, bit. From My dad's an interesting um, example for this conversation. Mm. So large man, um, six two, three fifty. Um, wow. Large man. Um, and for those of you that can't see, obviously with no video, I am five seven, uh, buck sixty. So well, I feel like that confirms the adopted. Correct. Story. It sure but, does. But now it makes me, I want to know what your dad looks like. Your biological father. I, yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But like, but just saying he's a, he's a hell's angel. Yeah. And I'm, I'm picturing now this like five, six hell's angel. That's just my not guess. hitting stereotypes. Correct. On, on, on a biker <laughs> gang kind of. That's, yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah, so my real dad, who adopted me, um, he would go to his manly job as an electrical subcontractor running a warehouse. Mm. He would come home, he would shower, we would have dinner, and he would then sit down and crochet the rest of the night. Really? And then he would read little romance novels. Okay. Do you think, <laughs> do, you th- do you feel like he struggled with those two, not, not being like two-faced, but, they, but it's just separate elements to his personality because that's such a beautiful example great question no he he was pretty secure really nope it's just what he wanted to do he lost his dad when he was little okay so he was raised by my grandma okay and my grandma crocheted yeah and my grandma was a reader and so no he was 
Okay, yeah, so fully this is, integrated. This is perfect then. This is perfect. Yep. So because I feel like that one of the major issues I see currently mm-hmm. in understanding manhood, understanding masculinity, is we put way too much stock in cultural stereotypes of what masculinity is that actually have no biblical merit whatsoever. Correct. So even the nature of like guns, beer, meat, sports, yep. like none of them hold biblical weight. Correct. You know, I mean, so I guess if I had to, to phrase this in, in the form of a question, what do you feel like you saw? And is your dad still living? No, we lost him back in 2000. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I'm sorry about that. In 2000? Mm-hmm. He died wow. at age 56. Holy smokes. Yeah. So it's been a minute. It has. Um, what do you feel like has... has what did, what did your dad tap into that by and large is a culture, especially in our younger men, that's missing? Because you said your dad didn't struggle with that, I, I guess, uh, kind of the dichotomy of mm-hmm. his masculinity. Of yeah. like, no, I enjoy what you would what culture would say feminine things. Sure. But I'm very rooted in enjoying my very hands-on kind of masculine job. Right. Like... I guess what did your what do you feel your dad tapped into that we're missing? Oh, great question. Um, I don't know that it was ever intentional on his part. Um, I don't know that he was even aware of the dichotomy that existed in mm-hmm. his actions. So <laughs> he was oblivious. To it. I think so. Yeah, he just didn't. It it wasn't in a pejorative way, but he just didn't care really what people thought of him. Mm. It just wasn't at the forefront of his mind. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, his life was uh, work, and then he was a student ministry leader um, all my during my years. So, yep. And then there's this goofy thing back in the '80s and '90s called Bible quizzing. Oh um, yeah, it's still it's still around. <laughs> Nobody yeah, talks about it. <laughs> correct. And, yeah, um, and homeschooling is great. It, it's kind of been taken over by the homeschoolers. Bible quizzing. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, because it's a part of their curriculum. But yeah, so my dad was a Bible quiz coach on the national level. Um, so yeah, he was the, the same guy that would knit you uh, an Afghan. But at the same time, if someone was messing with me at a football game, he would stand up all 350 pounds and mm. tell them to back off. Mm. Um, here's the best example I can give of how the world saw my dad uh, when he passed away. There was a two and a half hour wait from the time you got in line until you got to the casket at his wake. Mm. Um, So that's the impact he made. And it wasn't through any male stereotype. It was just through being kind and loving and genuine. The, The level of correlation I see in him and in Timothy... Hmm. is so interesting when when paul says basically remember what you have been trained in right him him being raised by his mom right you said his his dad passed away or or, yeah when he was uh eight or nine years old so then his mom's raising him Mm -hmm. and it's so he naturally you know draws this affinity to things Mm -hmm. and it's so when paul says to timothy hey remember what you were raised in and um you guys listening, you'll have to forgive me um, because I'm trying to remember exactly where that is in first, first or second Timothy. Uh, it's in second. Um, Scott's Scott's schooling me here. <laughs> Scott's um, read Second Timothy about fifty times, 50 times. in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
but in Second Timothy, and uh, I'll uh, I'll specifically reference it here in a second if um, if I'm able to pull it up. But Paul says to him, he says, Timothy, remember what you were trained in, mm-hmm. coming from your mom, coming from the women in your life. Yeah, from your grandma and then your mom. Yep, from your grandmother and then your mother. Like, remember what you were trained in. Don't be kind of caught up in what the culture around you is saying on how you should lead right now and how you should teach. Correct. And, and you know, that concept of, of, of um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, the tickling of the ears. Mm-hmm. You know, is in that same passage of, and I wonder if we have fully given ourselves over to that passage at a generational level mm-hmm. of here has what, here's what has been tickling the ears as far as gender identity. Sure. So here is what the world is saying masculinity is. Oh, that sounds good. And we get a little, with each passing year, and I'd say even with each generation, Mm -hmm. we get a little bit more off track of what godly manhood is, what biblical manhood is. I mean, do you feel like that reigns true? Um, I do. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, when I started in professional student ministry, oh my goodness, um... It was an utterly different culture. Mm. Um, maleness, uh, 25 years ago, <laughs> was it was very monocultural, for sure. Um, and I, I grew up in a lower economic area, lower economic school district. So for us, it was sports and girls. That, that was how you defined mm. yourself as a man, period. There was no alternate. Um, obviously, as you fast forward, culture has changed in so many ways. Um, the extremes now seem to be celebrated, I think. And if you don't fit into an extreme these days, you can, you can be forgotten. You can be, uh, glossed over pretty well, I think. Um, so I think that's kind of the broad strokes on that question, um, for sure. But there's, but there's a, you're, you're starting to weave a theme here is what you just said about if Mm -hmm. you don't fall into the extremes, you're forgotten. Correct. But what rooted your father is he didn't care about being remembered. Correct. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I want to I read this here. Um, I was able to do a little uh, sneaky Googling on my phone. Um, <laughs> the, the benefits of this just being a podcast. Um, but uh, 2 Timothy three fourteen. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you learned it and how from childhood... You've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. A couple verses uh, later, for one, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Mm. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. The, I, I don't, these few what I love about some of Paul's letters to Timothy is it feels like a, a, a win one for the Gipper speech. It's like, it's <laughs> sure. like, a, like if yeah. my mind goes to, have you seen um, miracle, the movie miracle? I have. It, like, it feels like the, the Herb Brooks, mm-hmm. like this is your time yes. <laughs> kind of, kind of charged, like riling yeah. him up. And I love that. Uh, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, rebuke, rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Mm-hmm. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from the listening to the truth and wander off into myths. 
And I think it's it's not necessarily what scares me, but I think what I think we have to recognize is that the tickling of the ears is in the extremes you mentioned. Yes. Well, I, well, I don't fit into the sports and girls. I like fashion. Sure. And and first of all, that's a cultural stereotype. Correct. So to try and say that, well, that's what God says a man is. No, he doesn't. You liking a certain color has nothing to do with your masculinity. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody over here in that camp. And when I say that camp, I mean the the extreme, whatever side it is. There's extremes on both sides. Exactly. They're going to tickle my ear in such a way to say, oh, well, maybe I fit over there. Mm-hmm. And and before we know it, we have generations of young people who have sprinted away from biblical masculinity, not because biblical masculinity is offensive, mm-hmm. but because we've believed cultural's we have believed the culture's definition of masculinity over what the Bible says about masculinity. Yes, and some of that is. That's infuriating to me because mm-hmm. I think in a lot of capacities, yes, the, as you said, there's extremes on both sides because the world has provided a message to say, hey, when you don't fit the mold of masculinity, even though the mold we're using is flawed, correct? not the biblical mold, <laughs> the mold we, when we typically talk about masculinity, mm-hmm. we, we skew it. So then the world says, well, hey. Masculinity is not about beer and guns and sports and girls and this and this and this. And if you look at the word, it's like, well, the word never claimed that it was. But the problem is that on the church side of things, we have at times the church has said masculinity is stoic. Mm -hmm. And I think about the kind of hellfire and brimstone season in the church, very aggressive teaching. And now... The pendulum has swung to a very loving, all you know, Church of America in general, swung to very loving, accepting. So that masculinity is very much in touch with your emotions mm-hmm. and very, it, and it's like, well, which is right? Yeah, neither. Neither. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Neither one. Neither one. Um, so, I guess to to kind of starts it not shift gears but yeah. so then so then what would if we had to boil it down you know scott if you if you had to narrow it down to to the most i guess not condensed mm-hmm. not unfinished concise sure the most concise list of say this is who god says a man should be sure what are some of those things you know that we should be looking for well um getting prepared to teach tonight um i did a survey of pretty much every verse that says anything about masculinity in scripture. Um, And there were some themes. Mm. So one theme was to be strong and courageous, unmovable in your faithfulness to God. Mm. That theme came up over and over old Testament and new Testament, whether it was Paul saying that to Timothy, whether it was Moses and God saying it to Joshua, um, Mm. all through we, as men, are exhorted to be strong and unmoving in our faith. At the same time, a number of times in the New Testament, as men, we are commanded to be gentle and respectable as we talk about our faith. 
Well, like you said, to to be strong and courageous and immovable Mm -hmm. in your faith. In your faith. That does not mean tough. I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm going to go No, it's the opposite. Go bench 350 in the gym. Correct. So, so the, but the world would say, well, no, if you're going to be strong and courageous, you are a a, a warrior for God. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah but... Another language, perversion. Yeah, but the language of Scripture is a warrior for God sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And we put a world's definition on one little word like strong and courageous. And so I love that you gave that, that specific, like, no, you're strong, you are bold in mm-hmm. your faith. Yes. That doesn't mean you are a... a um, kind of a bouncer no. a security guard to the faith <laughs> no. that i'm a big tough guy for the faith no bold mm-hmm. in your face strong great yeah i like that yep keep going um gentleness kindness mm-hmm. uh, i'm a dad i have two daughters i have raised two strong daughters through gentleness and kindness mm-hmm. um, it's been super effective with my wife um i am gentle and kind because she is quiet um she is sensitive in the best way you can say it mm-hmm. um taking a tact like that with my wife would crush her that's not being a good husband mm-hmm. that's being a terribly selfish insecure man <laughs> yeah yeah um and so i i think those those are a couple of the overreaching arcs of scripture that i saw um but those are the two extremes that you kind of explained in your dad yeah of, sure uh, you know and I think, you know, we, we said that word kind of dichotomy before, mm-hmm. and hopefully we're using that correctly. My, so my, far we my, are. My grammar is, is <laughs> and English is terrible. Um, but I think as men, we struggle to remedy that. How mm-hmm. can I be both strong and courageous and be gentle and kind? How, how, how do they go together? And, and we... And I think some of that is is just in our understanding of what that actually looks like, what that actually looks fleshed out. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not we're not even talking about how we drastically misinterpret, you know, husbands lead your wives. We we <laughs> oh my gosh, but I think that question mm-hmm. is far less complicated if we can remedy this one, mm-hmm. if we can understand a balance of strength and courageousness in the faith. If we can understand that, then we are going to have moments where we're bold in leading our family. But if that always stays paired with gentleness and respect, mm-hmm. gentleness, gentleness and kindness, um, then that is going to almost serve as a, not a leash or, or, or a boundary, but it's never going to allow us to become a dictator in how we lead our families. Yep. It's when exactly we right. it's when we abandon one, we become abusive of the other, mm-hmm. and I th- and that goes to I feel like those are the two extremes. In my mind, I see those are the two major extremes in masculinity. Mm-hmm. Of you either have to run towards the strong and courageous, a, a misrepresentation of well strong. said. You run to a misrepresentation of strong and courageous, or you run to a misrepresentation of gentle and kind. Mm-hmm. Another way to say it, um, personality. Profiles are fun, yeah. right? Instagram is fun. Uh, not Instagram, sorry. Enneagram. Enneagram. Sorry, Instagram yeah. is fun. Do you know what number you are? I do. I am a stereotype eight. Because I, I will like... punch you in the face and I won't feel bad about it. 
<laughs> and that's awful. But you don't seem that way at all. Well, here's the difference, and this kind of is an illustration of what we were just talking about. Um, my personality is, um, it can be charismatic, it can be encouraging, it can draw people to me when I'm healthy. Mm. When I'm an unhealthy eight, I leave a trail of bodies behind me. Mm. I am rude. I am dictatorial. I am unloving and unkind and mm. unusable for the kingdom of God. Mm. <laughs> um, but it all depends on whether or not I've submitted who I am to God. Because I have great gifts and great yeah. weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I submit my eight to God, he can do some pretty incredible things. That's and, That's funny. Um, and guys, personality profiles are, are very beneficial in understanding yourself. Um, but they certainly don't put, you know, put you in the box, in a, in a oh, box, so to speak. Correct. Um, and by no means do we, do we live and die by a, by a personality profile, <laughs> but any, Enneagrams is a, is, a, is a good one. And there are some other great ones out there. Yep. Um, Myers-Briggs is great. Strength Finders is great. ENFJ. ENFJ. <laughs> you're an ENFJ. I am an ENFJ. Okay. Um, to take a couple different ones, figure out how you're wired. It's going to help right. you tremendously. Because I'm a, I'm a, I am a seven. Through okay. Through. I am just <laughs> fun, 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 fun. Yep. And, and in, in, as you said, in health, I can draw people in mm-hmm. and make people feel welcome. Right. And, um, I think that's benefited me greatly as far as being able to teach and just, it, it, just in general, just interacting with people. But in unhealth, Mm-hmm. I run from conflict and I avoid it at all costs. But the problem is, is if I run from conflict and avoid it at all costs, how can I ever hold a brother accountable? Right. How can I ever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so. whereas I can destroy a brother by holding them accountable mm. as an unhealthy, not submitted to the Holy Spirit. Eight. Yeah. And yep. it's, which is why, I mean, granted, this is one of the first you know, this is the first in-depth conversation we had, but I feel like yeah. I can already tell there's a there's a a, a, a balancing. Like I feel like we would have mm-hmm. just in general good conversation because we're not wired the same way. Um, but uh, anyways, we okay, we, we chased a rabbit, but hopefully we. Killed but I it. think it applies. And we yeah, I do because there's extremes in my personality that when they're not submitted to the Holy Spirit, um, aren't glorifying to God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's extremes in our masculinity when not submitted to God are not pleasing to God and not extremes, useful for the kingdom. Extremes in femininity. Oh, I correct. Mean, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. any any ladies that are listening to this, is, as far as you're trying to understand, maybe this is giving you new insight to your, your dad or your brother or your, <laughs> or your boyfriend or fiance or husband um, or your son, whoever it might be. Um but no, we're we're not, uh, you know, between this and, and a future episode um, coming in a couple of weeks um, where we kind of hit the same concept for God's design for women. Um, there was actually, my wife and I, we went through a book when we were uh, engaged and it was for men only and for women only. Okay. And it was from the perspective of the book was for men only. And it was all about trying to understand women. And then the book for women only Excellent. was for all about trying to understand men. So ladies, feel free to tune into this um, <laughs> and, and to try and have a better grasp. But some of the themes and things we're hitting in the sense of the extremes of culture, the tickling of ears, that 100% mutually applies across the board. Um, so I guess to, we've, hit the, we've hit the strong and courageous 
mm-hmm. and then the gentle and kindness. Yes. Are those the, the major two you see that... Um, I also noticed a call to endure suffering for God's sake. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I saw it played out both Old Testament and New Testament. Um, people that did it well, people that did not. And all through Second Timothy, um, we see the concept of suffering coming up, being willing to suffer. Paul was in prison, suffering for his faith. He told Timothy, you must be faithful and endure suffering. Mm. Um, he even went into the super famous um, soldier, athlete, farmer, um, little three-way description. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, which we'll talk about tonight. Do you think yep. that do you think that's specific to men or it's because I think good here's, question. Here's, here's what's tricky, and mm-hmm. I've said this I've said this before, is we are we have a first century Middle Eastern book mm. that we're trying to understand and apply to twenty first century American life. Yes. So Within that, trying to, like I said, trying to process this American culture, Middle Eastern book, 21st century, 1st century, is it's a male-dominant culture. Yep. So the enduring of suffering is that, not coincidence, but because men, for the most part, in a lot of capacities, are the focal point of the text, do you see that being something that men endure more so than women, or is it just believers in general? Are called to endure suffering. Sure. I do believe that believers in general are called to endure suffering. For sure. Um, in this context, um, at least Paul had one last shot with Second Timothy, right? That was his last mm-hmm. yeah. letter that he wrote yeah. before dying. Yeah. Um, and so he shot his shot. He didn't he didn't give it up. Um, and so a lot of Second Timothy is exhorting a young man on how to be a young man and a young leader. Mm. So I think in the context of Second Timothy, it's pretty specific um, towards Timothy, or I think we can extrapolate that out definitely to young men. And saying that from a position of suffering. Correct. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, the prison he was in absolutely was one of the worst in history, and yeah. that's no hyperbole. So, yeah. And Scott and I are not theological scholars. No. We're not even going (laughs) to flirt with trying to interpret the, the, you know, what did Paul mean in Ephesians when he's trying to play out the role of women and all that. No, that's not what we're talking about, not what we're getting into. No. Because, yes, absolutely, there is. Here's here's what's not difficult about this, but really Mm -hmm. interesting, kind of tricky, is... I think there's a precedent in scripture. I think it's clear that believers are called into a life of not difficulty, but mm-hmm. this world is not our home. Correct. Man or woman, you're an outsider. You are an, therefore an outcast in this world. You will experience suffering. That is a promise. I think the type of suffering based on the role and even going all the way back to the curse, going back to what God said to Eve and what God said to Adam. Mm-hmm. The way in which we experience suffering, our our own uh, our own stories, are you, you know I already said the word, um, but your own experience in suffering is very different for men and for women. The temptations and weights that you carry as a young woman, as a wife, as a mother look very different. Not lesser, 
not well lesser, said. but look very different than the weights and difficulties and experiences carried by a young father, a young a young husband, a young man. Um, so it is it is really interesting to try and to try and process. And I'll be honest with you, when you sat down, when we sat down together, I was thinking, okay, Scott's going <laughs> to have five things of of biblical manhood, and it's almost. You could say refreshing, but the emotion I'm feeling is f- freeing. Hmm. What I what I get out of that is to say, man, if I can be strong and bold in my faith, and I can carry myself in gentleness, because that's counterintuitive to men. Correct. You, uh, uh, Peter was violent guy, <laughs> full of rage, um, and even. In Paul giving qualifications of elders and deacons. And you can see almost how he paints this picture of, hey, this is everything you think a man should be. And I want you to not be that. I've never thought about that. Yeah, 100%. If you're going to be a leader in the church as a man, then you need to exemplify what it looks like. And and you think about it, it it tracks with the concept of, you know, Matthew has this theme of an upside down kingdom. Jesus is presenting everything backwards. The world says drink. And I think it's a total side note, but I I think it's funny when people say like, oh, if only the church today could be like the early church. (laughs) And I I laugh at that statement because, because, because the leaders in the early church we're going and getting prostitutes. Yep. And they were getting hammered. And I'm thinking like... Read Corinthians. Read, like, what? <laughs> like, and, and we're, we whine about the issues we have to deal with. I'm not saying the church today is better than the early church. But I'm thinking like, <laughs> they both had problems. Correct. <laughs> like, um, but when he's, when he's addressing leaders in the early church, hospitable, not given to much wine, good rapport with outsiders. And it's like, well, man, what was manhood then? They, they were men of war and, and aggression. And like, there's a reason Paul uses these types of analogies to communicate the, the battle and the struggle because that's what they knew all the time. Yes. Just and, and so then for him to then, you know, as you've done this study and to see that the Bible is actually kind of weaving, I'm hitting the, the crochet theme. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but weaving in this, <laughs> no, in a world of, of, of battle, I want you to be marked by gentleness. Yes. What? Use your Peter example. I'm, I think it's in first Peter. Um, when we're told to always be ready to have an answer, like for the faith that you have, like if anybody mm-hmm. asks, be ready to talk about your faith, but do this with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. If I'm right, and that's in Peter, First Peter three fifteen. That those are Peter's words. As a man of rage, correct. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so all right. So here's so here's the one that, and just so you know, guys, we didn't plan out this conversation. Zero planning. We, I've got a Bible in front of me, and we we knew we were talking about a, a concept, and maybe we'd talk about Paul, you know, Paul and Timothy and their relationship. Um, and it's just interesting where this conversation is going. But but First Peter 3.15, who talks about, <laughs> like, suffering's coming, war's coming. Yes. And, and he says, First Peter 3.15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord is holy. Always be prepared to make a defense. Now, here's it doesn't say to 
attack. No. And then to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Yes. And you talk about the, you know, everybody talks about the transformation of Peter in the sense of the Holy Spirit. He goes from denying Jesus to preaching, you know, the first revival sermon, right. basically. Um, I mean, it's, well, it's not really a revival because it's a new thing, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Like, it, 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 we, we always talk about that transformation, but you, you don't get to see too much of the transformation in his personality. Now, does that mean he magically no longer had fits of rage? No. It, you know? Absolutely not. There's another qualification Paul gives, you know, mm-hmm. not given to much anger. Um, but... To just even see that flip, and it. So here's what's really interesting to me, and I. It, it's a weird concept, but I I want to ask you this question: Do you think it's possible then to fully understand and grasp what being a godly man is? To to can a, okay can a person be a godly man without the Holy Spirit transforming them? No. I don't think so. Because we end up, do you think it's because we end up bending either to the strong and courageous side or the gentleness and the gentleness kindness side? Um, not necessarily. I just think that we're. Let me let me rephrase it. Sure. Do you think it's possible for somebody to look like a godly man without the transforming work of the Holy Spirit? Oh, sure. Mm. Sure, you can take on that appearance because we all have some natural. Um, some natural proclivities towards making ourselves look good. So we can be Mm. gentle when it's required societally. Mm. We can, you know, if you're not a believer coming to church, you can play the part and Mm. look godly, but deny the power. So, And that just brings us full. What I love about these types of conversations, and I do, I think the Holy Spirit works in confirmation and the Holy Spirit it's not that the Holy Spirit's repetitive, but it, you know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. Like he shows up again and again, but, and I, and it's not possible for you to have planned this, but you just said about how we can have a, take on the appearance of being gentle kind of when it suits us. Right. And it just goes back to your dad. He didn't care what people thought and having the Holy Spirit and, you know, having the Lord, uh, you know, having Jesus as the Lord of his life, that he was able to take on, not uh, not personas, he was able to the embody the dichotomy of masculinity. Sure. Ooh, that's the, there it is. There it is. That's the, the tag, the dichotomy. <laughs> the, wait, what is it? <laughs> Embodying the dichotomy of masculinity. Boom. There it um, is. There's the, there's the title. Um, but... Do you think that that is, do you think there are other deterrents or other things that draw us away from true masculinity apart from, because I feel like the theme that we've hit so far is um, outward appearance or Mm -hmm. what the world thinks of it or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to be liked, so I'm going to tweak my version of masculinity. Um, Do you think there are other things that have pulled us away from godly manhood apart from how I'm perceived? Um, sure. I mean, one simple one would be, um, sex. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I think that pulls a lot of people away from wanting to be a godly man because 
the desires can be so strong, especially with young men, um, that you abandon, you abandon your faith for that feeling for that. Mm. Um, it's not the words feeling isn't what I want for that temporary feeling of, of feeling good because yeah. of that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think our desires can pull us away that are just selfish, um, that have nothing to do with perception necessarily mm. by others. Um, what else would pull us away from nothing else is popping in my mind, but yeah, definitely there, there could be things to pull us away. And I think, and I think that applies across the board. Yeah. Um, you know, I think sex is such a strong one in our culture. I think it's interesting right. whenever you talk about gender identity, you can never not talk about sex. The, the world. Correct. Whenever, you like, but you realize we haven't brought it up and we haven't even t- touched the topic of sex Mm -hmm. until we talked about what distracts us yeah (laughs) so i think it's interesting every time the world talks about gender sex becomes a part of the conversation 100 percent. and i think that's just another kind of uh i guess you could say um tick mark another you know piece of support to say the world is always trying to change the conversation away from what's true yes um guy I graduated with um, and he's a, a young adult pastor as well and I can't remember what the context was and I don't know if he was quoting somebody but I remember hearing him say this once he said in our sin nature because of the flesh um, everything in us runs the opposite direction of holiness Yeah, and I think it's so interesting how you know you said we, we, we can have the appearance of of godly manhood um, when we're not walking with the Lord but is it genuine? No um, I think we can kind of we can model it we can not model is not the right word we can try to recreate it sure and we kind of manifest it out of nothing um, but I would say sin actually pulls us further away from manhood so when the world says um you know, beer and meat and this. It's actually like, whoa, actually you're building up, you know, drunkenness and alcoholism and gluttony and you're making sex an idol. And, you know, in this spirit of, uh, you know, oh, I need my 37 guns, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I like to go shooting. I think it's mm-hmm. a, you know, a fun ho- a hobby. Um, and I believe and affirm the, the Constitution and and in the sense of, um, you know, Second Amendment rights. But am I also building into myself this mindset of, like, violence and war and everything that Paul kind of speaks against? Sure. And I, I struggle with that because mm-hmm. I actually saw a story this week of a pastor who he sensed that these guys, these, these young men were coming into his church. And it literally just, just came to mind. These young men were coming into his church and they were carrying. They definitely had guns on their yeah. hip. And this pastor, um, more of a Pentecostal church, so he's, he's, he's shooting from the hip, no pun, <laughs> no pun intended. But he starts praying over them. And these men come around them and they start praying over them. And this news source celebrated that. And I look at that story and I go, that's a, wow, holy smokes, that this pastor would have the wherewithal, the confidence. He actually gestured to one of his deacons or somebody to go lock the doors and call the police. So he's like, I'm in this. 
wherever this goes, I'm in it. And he responds to this moment of potential violence with with um, with prayer and with, with gentleness, but confidence too. He, he's a former police officer. And he says, he's like, I know what's going on. I remember seeing a clip of it. Some of it was recorded because it was in the middle of service. And he, and he said, like, I know what's going on. I start praying over these kids and it lands well and um, and nobody got hurt. And he's been praised for that. Awesome. And then you hear another story of you have a lover of Jesus who has his concealed carry and he was able to take down an active shooter in his church. Did either man fail as a man of God in those moments? I don't believe so. And I think the concept of trying to interpret gentleness and kindness and being strong, and that's where I think as young men, as we're still trying to figure out that balance, because what I see in you, Scott, you know, you're, my wife and I will be married eight years in, in May, and you've been married, what is it, 24? Yeah, 20, 25 this year. 25 this year. I see how, I, as we're having conversation, as I'm looking at you, I feel like you have that balance, not perfected. but you, <laughs> Absolutely But not. I feel like you have it more resolved than I do. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how it should go as you're mentored and grow and you're walking with Jesus the Lord continues to That's refine. exactly right. But I think it's interesting for our young men who haven't necessarily waded into that, how do I remedy strong and courageous with gentleness and kindness? I feel like that's what I, as you say that, it, it's like, oh yeah, that's it. It's kind of like a light bulb moment for me <laughs> of, is that what we are watching our young men struggle with? Trying to remedy those things. Because they're in there. Mm-hmm. Those concepts have been ingrained into our DNA through our Creator. Mm-hmm. Our sin pulls us away from it, and we lose sight of it. Is that what? We're, do you feel like that's what we're watching in our young men? Is they're trying to figure out how do I, I have these two competing ideas in me? I don't know. Um, because this is being recorded, I'd love to have a, a deep <laughs> answer, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, possibly, it's really hard. In our culture, especially as a young man, especially here, we're in Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania. Um, it's, it can be a little more rural, maybe not right here, but the outlying parts of our county. Mm-hmm. And so the the America kind of stereotype fits well. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, what the, the phrase I, I've heard, John Wayne, Johnny Cash, John Deere. Correct. America. America. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was on staff at a church in um, southern Missouri, down by the Arkansas line, where it was that on steroids. Mm. So it's really hard to marry the two, for sure. And like you said, sin pulls us into a direction either towards too much strength or showing of strength, Mm. or into what I would, boy, and I, I want to be careful saying this, into a more feminine styled sensitivity or gentleness. Stereotypically feminine Correct. style. Stereotypical. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is not what I don't think we're being called into either as men. I would um, say I would say when we, we when we fall away from the strength, mm-hmm. we cater we end up I see that fleshed out more is we allow the breakdown of marriage and family. Oh, so men yes. men abandoning their roles as leaders in the church. Yes. So there was an article I read a few years ago and it was 
this website called The Art of Manliness. I'm familiar. <laughs> and they, but they did this article, and the name of the article was, Is Christianity an Inherently Feminine Religion? And it wasn't posing the question as it should be, but it was in it. The statistics were very jarring, and I don't have them in front of me. I'm going to misquote them, but to, to drive home the point, it was just the statistics were that women in every case were more likely to do something perceived as spiritual. So that at the core of Christianity to say, I suck, but Jesus is good, <laughs> that's culturally, as mm-hmm. men, you don't do that. That's weak. Right. Correct. So this article was proposing this, and then it showed women are much more likely to pray. They're much more likely to serve. They're much more likely to bring up church at home. And I think when we as men go more towards strength and courage, we see Christianity as weak. We see admitting to our failures and flaws and faults weak. So, no, I'm not going to. We're not going to do that. But then... When we cater more to the gentleness side, I think we see that played out more so. And, you know, only been married eight years. My kids are much younger. But my observation from my limited perspective um, is men who fail to lead because they're afraid to come across as, you know, uh, a jerk. They're Mm -hmm. afraid to come across as the the dictator in the household when you have a culture screaming yep screaming toxic masculinity toxic masculinity oh my goodness (laughs) so i I guess to make it a little more specific and um and sadly we're gonna have to wrap that we're gonna have to do a part two on this i don't know when (laughs) we're gonna do it but we're gonna have to do one um how have you seen that like because i feel like this gives meat to the bones right how have you seen the strength and courage and the gentleness and kindness. How have you seen that play out as a husband and father? Household of women. Mm-hmm. How do you... How do you... Not like how do you stay a man, but like... <laughs> but like sure. How do you... Ba- have, how have mm-hmm. you balanced that? Well, um, in when I was in Bible college at Toccoa Falls... Um, I took a parenting class, of all things. It was offered. It was super strange, looking back on it. Were you dating? Uh, yeah, I was engaged to my wife at the time. Okay, so it was yep. it was prudent. It like yeah. made, it made sense. To but do. it was like a class <laughs> class. I mean, it was like a four-credit class in the Christian ed department. That's okay. what we used to call it back then. Um, and I'll never forget, one of our professors talked about meeting your kids where they're at, and inserting yourself into their lives with their interests. Mm. It's not about you. It's about your kid. And so if your kid is into dance, you're into dance. Mm. Um, it doesn't become your identity. But yeah. And so if, if your kid's into soccer and you hate soccer, you're into soccer. Mm. And that's, I think, a big part of how that went down for me as a dad. Um, I am a bit of a stereotypical dude, <laughs> um, which was a little weird for me coming into this conversation because... I do have a beard and ride a motorcycle and I like meat, all of it. I love sports. Um, but my youngest daughter was not an athlete when she was little. She wore pink dresses and she loved the Barbies. And so, you know what? We played a lot of Barbies. Mm. Um, now those Barbies had fights in the air (laughs) and (laughs) stuff like that. The the chances you got, they became action figures. (laughs) Correct. Um, which I guess is where I inserted some of that, but it wasn't intentional. Mm. 
um, there was never a time, Brandon, when I felt I was exchanging my manhood to be the dad of a daughter mm-hmm. ever. It didn't even enter my mind. So, but I think I probably get from my dad a lot of security. Um, I'm a, I'm a pretty darn secure guy. Mm. <laughs> so, but you said something really interesting to me there. You, you, as you talked about how your hobbies shifted with your kids, mm-hmm. that they did not become your identity. Right. And I think at its core, what we see across the, the struggles we see with masculinity and femininity today mm-hmm. is that your interests, your style, what kind of, you know, what kind of music you like, what kind of clothes you like. Um, and yes, there are some, there are some verses that deal with some elements of culture and, fa- and, yep. and fashion and stuff like that. But then there's a, a deep push to understand cultural context mm-hmm. and historical context. Again, first century Middle Eastern book. Um, but the biblical concepts around masculinity and femininity, they do not have to do with what you eat. They don't have to do no. with what you listen to musically. No. Nope. They don't have to deal with what you wear. They don't have to deal with what your hobbies are. They have to deal with your character. Yes. And I think it's, you know, I did this, um, taught this apologetics class for high school students. And when we, we kind of Venn diagram, we, we you know, mm-hmm. I had, just, they were just yelling out all the stereotypes of masculinity, yeah. including like pockets. Like guys have pockets. <laughs> women don't have pockets. It gets my daughter all lit up. Um, she's we, so mad I, about that. I love, I love it when, you know, it's an ongoing joke with my wife when she's complimented on a dress that happens to have pockets. The first thing she says is, thanks, it has pockets. And I joked about that with your daughter actually awesome. one night. Um, and, uh, and a couple of her friends, we joked about that. And, uh, and one of the other kids walked up and, 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 oh, what is it? She said, are we talking about, uh, pocket discrimination? And, uh, and so it's a thing, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, but all of the, anytime the Bible speaks to masculinity, it has to deal with character. Yes. And yes. every time what is, but when I was doing this thing, when I had all the stereotypes thrown up on the board. There was about 50 things that ended up being that the stereotypes of manhood, 50 things are up there. Five of them had any sense of biblical root in, in it. You know, things like protector, provider, yeah. stuff like that. Those are rooted in your identity and in your character. They have nothing to do with your hobbies and interests. Zero. And I... Th- I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say we solved it, but <laughs> yeah. but I think, but I think, yeah. I think there's there's something to be said for how. And this this is across the board, not just with masculinity and femininity. Is we are not able to separate our job, our career, our interests. We're not able to separate things we do with who we are. Mm-hmm. And I, like I think a perfect example is when we tag the we, we put the tag Christian before some type of profession. Hmm. I'm a Christian football player, right? I'm a Christian this, or I'm a Christian this. Like, no, I'm a follower of Jesus. I happen to do this for my job. They are not linked. Right. They are separate things. Um. Man. Oh, okay. 
if I don't if if I don't cut things here, we're gonna go another. <laughs> we're gonna go another. That'd be hour. fun, actually. Um, I know we're gonna we're yeah we're gonna have to do this again. Um, so Scott, thank you so much for doing this. I can't believe I got to you. Seriously, thank yeah. you. This was just nothing but fun. It yeah, it has. I we're definitely gonna have to do this again and flesh this out more. Um, so guys, to those of you have who have been able to listen and tune in. Um, to this impromptu conversation around understanding godly manhood, what that looks like. Um, we hope that you've been challenged a little bit, encouraged, um, but that hopefully you have uh, walked away blessed. Um, so have a great rest of your day. We hope you walked away from this conversation with some new insights into godly manhood. For more information on the Young Adult Ministry, follow us on Instagram or you can email youngadults at cornerstonelive.net.